one thing that my coach, like she wasn't a woman of color, she was a white woman. Um, she did for us, she sat us down prior to the regatta and was like, guys, I'm gonna let you know right now, you guys are going in there as the odd man out. Like you guys are the different team. Patricia. Yeah. Coming up next, we have an interview with you. Oh my God. <laughs> So, yes, Patricia is black. <laughs> She's a black coach and was a black rower and a black coxswain. I don't know why that bell is ringing, but we're still in a bar, so it's still ringing. Get that food. Because <laughs> they're like checking for every time you said black. They're like, black rower, ding, black coxswain, ding, black coach, ding. We got all the blacks in there, lock up in there. <laughs> So, um, just in case you didn't hear, she's black. So, as a black woman walking to a boathouse, you are usually, uh, usually a very, like, nervous moment. You don't never, you never know how you're going to be accepted fully. You know, it's like going to someone's house. You never know how, like, their family is always going to accept you. And so, but it's like 10 times worse at a boathouse because you're like in a very new zone. It's like, there's all these big boats and these machines and all these things around you. And you're just like overwhelmed a little bit. Um, and then the way a person will respond to you when you walk into this, because the boathouse is usually, the bay doors are wide open, you know, the gates are open and people just kind of wander onto the dock. At least at my boathouse, that's how it always was. But, like, I've always gone to other boathouses and seen the same thing. And you never know how the first person is going to see you is going to react. Because, like, are you a guest? Are you a visitor? Like, are you someone's mom? Sister? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I've, like, walked onto sites and they're like, who are you? Who you're here for? Um, and it's like, no, I'm, this is what's happening. Like, I'm here just to see what rowing is about. I row. And then once they, like, hear your background a little bit, oh, you're a rower, it's like, okay, well, cool, you're you're part of the family, you're normal, you're, like, we can get to know you. And then there's, like, the credentials part of it. Like, where did you row? Who do you know? Like, what's your connection? You know, like, um, it's not just, like, this, oh, come in, let's just, you know, let me show you around. It's like, well, let me show you around and then still figure out your resume on, like, how you fit into this rowing world. I feel like someone who sees a white person who walks into a boathouse, they assume that they know what rowing is about. They, they could kind of assume, like, unless the person walks in and goes, oh, I don't know what this happening. I just wanted to know what was going on here. People people are a little bit more hesitant. They're like, okay, well, you have came here you with the assumption as a white person or as a person who's a non-color um, that you know what's going on here. Like, this is a big bill house. This is, like, you're going to row or, or you have someone you know who rows or you're related to one of the kids who row or a student that rows on the team. Like, you're... The assumptions are quickly made, but they're positive assumptions. They're not negative assumptions as, like, what would happen with a person who's of, who identifies with being colored. Um, the assumption is, okay, well, what is what do you need here? Like, what is do you know what's going on here? Are you here to, like, take something because you see the big doors are open? There's a lot of sometimes a negative association with a person of color walking onto a site. Um you know, there's a lot of like, okay, well, like as many people who can walk over to the gate to find out what's going on will follow to see what you're doing on the property, um, which I just like, it's like, whatever, like you, I, at one point you just brush it off. You're like, oh, that's normal. 
but it's not always appropriate. It's like, so if a guest comes to my house, I'm not going to, like, me, my siblings, and my family are not going to bombard the front door. Like, what are you doing here? What are you looking for? You know, like, whoever opens the door responds and reacts to them, and it's it's fine. Um, I also don't assume everyone who knocks on my door or who walks onto my, my property is, like, here to rob me or for negative intent. So it's sometimes it... It, it, there's, it's always a he- you never know what you're gonna get when you walk into a site as a person of color and as a person who's of who's white or who doesn't like describe himself as a person of color. The, you tend to go in with this very like open mind that everyone's so welcoming and so helpful and all oh, la la la. Sorry, I think I splashed. Did you? I mean, my water. Your water. It is clear water. Um. So. That's what it's like in a boathouse. How about a, how about at how about at a race? What was it like your first time at a race? And describe describe your most describe a moment when you went to a regatta and you felt black. When you felt like when you when you felt like oh oh right I'm I'm a black person. I I, I, I thought in this sport I'm just a row, or I thought in this sport I'm just a coxswain. But no, I'm reminded. Thank you for reminding me that I am a black person because I completely forgot. Like, do you have a moment like that? Yeah, like, so one of the very clear, clear moments in my rowing, like, career that I, like, was like, oh, snap. Me and my fellow teammates are the colored team on this water. And we had just got out of, we had just popped out, dropped the trailer. We had left the vans and then we just dropped uh, at the trailers. And we just dropped our stuff off, you know, like, kind of, like, walk around the, the site, kind of see as the coxswain, like, get talked down, like, okay, this is the race course, and um, the, the buoy, like, the view that you're looking from here, kind of doing a walk down to the water. And um, we're walking, and it was just, a, it wasn't that big of a group of us we were walking, but we were all very colored women, um, and a couple of co- uh, teenage boys at the time, and we were just walking on the site, and we're just looking around, and we're looking around, and we're like, yo, there's no one that looks like us. Like, there's not a single soul... Was, and then we're starting to count like so this is a, this is a thing okay so like people of color when we go into locations we count okay i like we all do it subconsciously uh consciously we all do it. it's like okay well how many asians are there how many white people are there how many black people look like me you know latinos do the same thing people of color just do it um it's just it's kind of like okay how many people who are who look like me make me feel comfortable in this space and so we were counting on, like, how many people of color were on each individual team that was around us. And we got to it, and it was, like, one girl on this one team that we were walking around. I'm like, wow, you're the one black girl. You're their 1% of diversity. Like, that, at least as far as we can see. If there was someone else who was there, they weren't there at that regatta. Did she talk to you? No. Um, we usually don't communicate with the other girls or the other kids of color on other teams. They're very... They kind of like associate. Um, they've kind of been un- enveloped into like their team, where it's like, okay, well, I'm I'm from this background, you know. Like, it's it's kind of looks when you look at them, it's kind of like, okay, well, you don't fully look like you identify with who you really are, but more of like what your teammates are, you know. Like, oh yeah, we're from this location. It's not like, well, we're this color. So. I guess it's a pro in a sense where they don't feel the need to like, well, well I'm the black kid on my team. Um, they're more like, well, I'm from Long Island. I'm from New Jersey. Like, that's that's how they represent themselves. And I, I guess that's great for them. That's 
healthier way of dealing with it rather than going around going, well, I'm the one black kid on my white team. But as for us, coming from, you know, this team where we're fully diverse, like there's a there's a handful of white kids, there's a handful of black kids, there's a handful of Hispanic kids. We have an Asian kid. We were like, we were the we were the melting pot. Um, looking at around and seeing that was was so shocking. And then when we finally raced that day, we were sitting at the race course um, on the on the start line, and we looked over, and there was this one other black team, and we're just like, wait, where are you from? Like, what's going on? Like. You guys exist. Wait, so at the starting line, you said this? Or during I the mean, line? after the regatta was, like, after we were finished, we, like, found them. Like, we went and searched them out. Like, I know you feel in the same way we're feeling. Like, we could have a black party together. You know, like, was, and then we found that they were, like, from Chicago or something like that. Like, so they traveled here. And they were like, yeah, we felt the same way about this regatta, too. Like, there were so many white people, too. It's like, yeah, yeah, we were the color team. And then coaches, like, parents and coaching staff as much as like they make you feel it as well like I think that's the part that as adults you're just like well I'm not racist or I'm not I'm, I'm very aware of my surrounding how I treat people who are who don't identify or look like me I don't think they always do you don't realize that all the time that you're you are doing things that make someone feel uncomfortable um one thing was the biggest things for us was when we would walk by the tent uh every ever goddess we've ever been to regatta it's like the you you let people know your privilege and your status by the way you set up your tent. If you have the two huge grills and, you know, one is making breakfast, one's starting on lunch, one is, like, you got the soup and the, the, the cereal bar. Like, if, you, if, if your tent looks like someone's kitchen, <laughs> like, if it looks like Kim Kardashian's kitchen with the refrigerator and everything, then you're, like, your tent's killing it. But, like, um... We walked around because we just, this was our first regatta. We didn't really know what was going on. So we walked around looking at everyone. And every time we walked by a tent, it was kind of like, well, let's make sure they're not taking anything from the tent. Um, and you got the vibe where it's like, okay, well, no one's really, like, taking anything. But you got too close to it. And it was like this look of, like, what, who, which, who are they? What team are they from? Um, and so, but, like, so that was our first hesitation. It was like, well, let's just go back to our trailer. Let's go hang out at our trailer. We never were... Like, most of us never really felt comfortable hanging out at the tent area. We were, like, more relaxed, and we just loved chilling at the the tent, like the trailer. And then when everyone was together, when the coaching staff would go down to the tent, that's when we felt more, like, yeah, let's just go hang out there. But it was it was a weird... We needed, a, we needed adults with us to shift over. And were these adults also? They were white. All my coaches have been white. You've never had a coach before? I mean... Mm, not like not personally like I've had coaches of color in the in the site but I've never had coaches who've coached me of color now do you think that would have affected your regatta experience if you had a coach of color and I know that's hard to think of hypothetically so maybe maybe I guess in a way to rephrase that question as a current black coach do your rowers ever express to you their level of safety out of regatta to you that they wouldn't express to um, I mean coach who's not I've had kids in the past go oh my god there's so many there's so many white kids or oh my god these kids are so big and it's like why we why do we look so different in comparison to these kids who are from the same state who live not that far from a lot of the other kids that we, we deal with like what's the what what are what do they have that we don't have um, kind of thing. Um, 
I don't know. I think I think for me, anyway, like my experience would have never changed. I think one thing that my coach, like she wasn't a woman of color, she was a white woman. Um, she did for us. She sat us down prior to the regatta and was like, guys, I'm going to let you know right now, you guys are going in there as the odd man out. Like you guys are the different team. And that was, for us at first, it was like, what? Like, you're just, you're the white coach telling us. And she's like, well, I'm white on skin, but like. She said that. Yeah, she's like, I'm white, but like, I also, like, she was, um, she has some Middle Eastern in her. A little bit. And so she goes, but I, I also identify with this side of me that you don't see when you see me. But like, I've also, I've seen how some of my teammates of color have been treated in the past. And so it would be wrong of me to not pre-warn you guys that you guys would get some looks you know like she like so that conversation was very early on was like yeah this might be happening to you guys um and if anyone says anything that makes you guys feel uncomfortable or disrespected come find us you know it was like it was a very clear understanding like well yeah like these all these great things are gonna happen out of regatta it's fun but like let's so don't focus on this part but like we know that like we know that it's not growing is not always open doors yeah. Do you feel like maybe she kind of predetermined that that was going to happen just by saying it? Or do you feel like it was going to happen whether or not she Like, saying something there will make you focus on it rather than, like, you have the I think being told it or not being told it, it would have happened in general. Um, her, her action, her telling me didn't change their actions of others. And so I think she was just, like, making sure we knew that, like, we had support. Do you ever feel like there was a time where you had to report something to your coach where you needed one of them to step in or for, like, a situation? I don't really remember ever having to, like, vocalize, yeah, we felt this way. I remember um, there was a situation when we first started where some of the kids on our team who were white, they had said that, like, they lost money at some point. Um, and no one, and we were all like, okay, well, well, what do you mean you lost money? How much money did you lose? And it was like, like $50, 60 something like that. So that's not, that's not a couple dollars. It's not like $3 you lost or whatever. And then the kid was explaining how it was in her bag. And, you know, the only people who were in the, in the room at the time were the novices. And we were the novices at the time. And so we were forced to work out do like a whole like a punishment workout because um no one would confess to taking it and she couldn't find it and you know like these they knew the students and um they knew the students so they were like well the relate like everyone's just gonna get punished because no one can confess she can't find it so everyone at the time varsity and novices we all got in trouble so we all were forced to do a hard workout um because like the, the the concept was like well if we're a team and we're stealing from each other then that's that's bad behavior that we're putting on we're building already off the bat um but like if, if if the money was never missing and then you guys created the lie then you're gonna get punished as well because like you're you're taking advantage of a situation of new beginners or whatever like people who are different than you and um at the time there was a lot of there were negative comments being made on the background where it was kind of like well those poor black kids or the latino kids took it like we had kids who were straight racist and they had joined the team with us as novices um those kids end up leaving like literally four three like three four months later uh 
Yes, they did. They 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 were there for a while, but those are months of us kind of like just ignoring them and trying. They would make comments in group chats, and um, they were just openly like not okay with having people of color around, which wasn't shocking because when they did leave, the team they joined was a team that had not a single kid of color on them. So it was like interesting. You guys are very open and aware of like you guys are racist, and you guys are okay with it in a time where. A lot of people of our age, our age group are very aware of like, okay, we, these are the negative behaviors and of people who are racist, and we don't want to follow that. And you were you were okay at being this way on a team, like, but you you built it up as well. They weren't good teammates. The way you phrased it in front of adults was they weren't good teammates, but you knew that you just didn't like them because of who they were and their background. And so later on, when the kid had quit both kids had quit we we sat down with the coach and we were like we know this was happening and it was a moment for our coaches where they were so upset with us and we were like what are you why are you mad at us like we told you and they're like well why did no one tell us when this was happening on the team and it's like well you guys kept telling us we we like you guys kept telling us to be teammates one and two we saw how we were being treated when someone lost money now like now let's put on the whole race card you know, then what, what's what's that then? Do you are you guys going to choose sides? Or you know, like what happens then? So, I think for for a lot for our coaches at the time, that was a little bit eye opener to realize that like there is a, there's a lack of trust on bo- like on our side to them, um, and that I think that like made our coaches work harder to bridge that gap because they're like, well, that should never be a situation where you guys are worried about telling us. Um, so I think that's the only time I really like would say that like that that's an issue I had to bring up to an adult. Where it's like I I don't know. I'm being. I think this is racist. I think this is this makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, this might be, you know, this might not be appropriate. So, but yeah, that was. We were so young. We were also like, well, this is the first act of racism that we like openly had on a team because most of us were never on teams like that. And so it was hard to identify it as inappropriate. Because this is New York. People people are stupid and mean, but, like, not racist and always towards people so openly. It's always very hidden racism. It's not It's not a clear sign of, like, well, you saying, saying negative words. Like, someone saying the N-word, knowing that you've said it, it makes you feel a certain way, and they're saying it anyway towards you. Um, people don't just do that in New York. It's like, they call you the A word, they call you the B word, but no one's going out of their way to go, like, you know, go pit some cotton, child. Like, you know, things like that are not being said. So, it was interesting to see that someone so, two people so young were, like, all for it. They were like, yeah, we say these things all the time. It's normal. You guys are being very uptight about things. That's really unfortunate. Unfortunate is not even the right word for it. <laughs> That's a situation no one should have to go through. But given our country, <laughs> given our country and its racial uh, history, racial makeup, I don't want to say that's normal, but that should not be the norm. And yet, I think I think it's more common than a lot of what our listeners might expect. And Rowing World is no exception to that. Um, 
stemming away from, or not stemming away, but like drawing more from that example. Why would a kid of color want to ever join a rowing team? <laughs> Why, knowing all of this, if I was a parent, for example, if I was a parent and I knew all about the benefits of the rowing world, I was like, oh my gosh, like little low impact sport. Um, it's tough. Uh, it's hard discipline, hard work. Really gets my student or my child more committed and really understands like little work or work done over time will make a big difference. How? Why? Why would I? Why would I ever want my kid, a kid of color, to do this sport? So, from. As not even from kids of color, from everyone I think who's joined the team, who is just a kid who's not used to doing sports in general, um, a lot of times, there this is something different and new, and it's like, okay, well, it's it's not offered to everyone. It's not so when you when you're offered the opportunity to to row, it's like, okay, well, this is different. It's not basketball. Everyone plays basketball in school. Everyone uh, there's always a soccer team. But rowing is so different. It's such a small, elite sport. It's like, okay, well, this is this is something I want to try. This is something I want to step my foot in. A lot of people also join it because they think it's like kayaking and canoeing. Like, you know, like people always go kayaking, canoeing, and something like, yeah, it's like the same thing. And so, a lot of people join it with the mindset of it being one thing, and then finding out it's a whole other different world. And when they do that part, I think once you are in it. You, you learn to love the sport. Like once you're in, unless there's unless you went in there with some a, a lot of hesitation or like self doubt or there's other things going on while you're going into the program, I don't see you leaving it easily. It's it's a hard decision to walk away from, um, unless you like have work or school or things like that who then come in later on in your life. But usually when you join it, you don't walk away so early unless like you're being forced. Um, or you just you just were in you growing in there with the wrong idea in the first place. Yeah. So I think people just go in there just like looking for something different, looking for Rowan also gives this big thing, like every team a lot of not every team advertises this, but Rowan gives you the family aspect that a lot of people do not have all the time. Um, most even if I had a mom and a dad, if they're not in the same household and I don't have siblings, I'm lacking in some way, like in somewhere. And so when you, you, everyone needs a village. Everyone needs, like, no one in a, who lives in a village is, like, complaining about, like, lack of support and feelings. Like, you never go visit a tribe and they're like, yeah, you know, like, we have no support here. You know, they're like, yeah, I have, like, 30 aunts and uncles, you know. But the more we, like, move away from tribal and, like, village settings, the more times you hear people go, well, I'm in a crowd of people, but I'm lonely. Um... And it's like, well, how can you be in a crowd of people and not alone? Because you've not let them, you've, you've not really allowed yourself to be who you are with these people around you. And with rowing, there is no choice but to be who you are around these people. They are seeing you in pain. They're seeing you in, well, in joy. They're seeing you in every emotional capacity that they can see you in. Like, they see you when you're depressed, when you're hungry, when you're tired, when you're cranky, you know, like... 
like your teammates know your habits by the time they the end of the year they're like yeah when this person sleeps in the, the like the, the hotel room they need to sleep on the floor because they take up too many of the bed because you know like or they'll kick you out of the bed like they know these little habits that like your family your mom and dad might not even realize about you because like the older you get your mom and dad don't tuck you in anymore <laughs> you know like they just like they if they hear a bang at the night they're like well there goes sarah again <laughs> You know, but your teammates are like, no, Sarah's kicking away, okay? Like, things like that happen, so. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? And so, like, your rowing gives you that, that dynamic that not everyone has. If, you're, if your parents have work all the time and you have siblings that you always have to take care of it's nice to have someone older than you who takes care of you and sometimes if you're the if you're like 14 years old and there's a team of 16 year olds you're the younger sibling in that situation you get you have someone who's helping you guide you through world and life and teenagehood um and then vice versa there's might be someone younger than you and you're helping them guide that person if you don't have siblings and so you always it's like a 360 at rowing you always get a little bit something you have your coaches can either be your older cousin, like your older sibling, your mom view. Like you can get a lot of different vibes off of that coach, you know, depending on the age gap, obviously, or sometimes not even the age gap, just the way they treat you. Um, you can get like an older sibling vibe from them, an aunt. You can have the fun aunt. God, like I know, like when I had that many coaches at one point in the boathouse, I was like, I don't like this coach. I like this coach more. This is my fun coach, you know, like. I knew who to go to with different issues. And so that that's what you get out of the team. You, you can't go to five different moms, you know, like you have, but you have five different coaches you can go to. So family dynamic is a very big one for a lot of people. Yeah, no more Sarah kicking in the bed. <laughs> well, you know, Sarah can just get a bigger bed, whatever, sleep on the floor. Sleep on the floor. Well, I think this is a great spot to end our episode with you. Um, thanks so much for sharing everything, every story, every detail, every moment, and every feeling of what it's like um, to be in your skin in this sport. And um, I mean, it's a nice skin. I look slowly all the time. Yeah. Lotion. You, black people, lotion. You know. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Well, know, shea butter hits. It hits. I have to I have to try really much harder because my melanin count is clearly not as much as you. But no sunscreen does. We still need sunscreen, allies. I don't know why this black people need sunscreen still. You need it. We are not sponsored by any sunscreen brand, but if you'd like to, let us know. Send me some good ones. All right. Thanks, Patricia. Bye. Baby on Instagram, <laughs> Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Ooh. Okay, if you're still listening, thanks. Have a great day. Bye.